Hello and welcome to the newest edition of Pro Pharma Talks. My name is Alex Hernandez. Alongside me as always is Dr. Craig Stern. And our topic to, for today is on HIV, well, bringing us up to speed on HIV because it is um, World AIDS Awareness Week, I believe it is. Uh-huh. So um, we're, we're just going to get put up to speed because uh, we've heard a lot about it. I've heard a lot about it growing up. I guess the 90s was uh, was kind of like a hot spot for AIDS awareness and HIV. Of course, famously, Magic Johnson had HIV and... So people started has. Hate. Oh, has. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. Has HIV and um and it, it it kind of heightened everybody's awareness about what kind of diseases are out there such as HIV and how important it is to be aware of it, correct? Yeah, it is. I I think um it's terribly important for all of us to understand that aside from all of the social interactions and some of the negative things that went on about people who got HIV, right. we're dealing with a, a virus that produces a serious infection that at one time led to immediate death of a lot of people all across the world. Um, subsequently, after that, there's been a load of different treatments that are brought in for which many people, a significant number of people today, can lead a, a, a relatively normal life and have a relatively long health span so that this doesn't limit them and it isn't a death sentence. And that's, that's incredible. That's really incredible. But we always have to keep in mind this is a virus causing an infection. So like other infectious diseases, we need to be aware of that and put this into the catalog of uh, other serious infections. Right, so well, why don't we bring the, the people up to speed on, just in case, they? I know they've heard the name. They've probably seen billboards. They've seen commercials about it. But what what are the bullet points that people need to know on HIV? What is already known? Yeah, um, number one is uh, HIV is the virus. It's not the infection. It's the virus. So number one is that's different than AIDS. AIDS is the horrible, horrific, very severe infection that people get uh, when they're infected with HIV. That's issue number one. Issue number two is that um, this has specific vectors of disease. By that I mean it occurs when either people are using dirty needles, Mm. uh, when they're injecting, it may be injecting illegal drugs, it may be injecting other drugs, it may be on a blood transfusion, it also has to deal with sex, and it has to deal with anal and vaginal sex. And um, as a result of that, there's been a significant social stigma that's been attached to this disease over the fact that um, gay men and women uh, and individuals who are transgender and otherwise have contracted this disease frequently to a greater degree than others. But we shouldn't pass away the fact there have been people, very notable people, who got it by blood transfusions and others. And so uh, some are are poor uh, prevention mechanisms, right. and others got it not expecting that they were going to have the problem. Right, and it kind of, uh, it kind of boosted also the safe sex kind of... Um advertising that we've seen around because they used 
HIV and AIDS to boost sales of safe sex, whatever methods they use for safe sex. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I mean, there has been for a very long time, <laughs> yeah. um, uh, you know, uh, issues with regard to sexually transmitted disease, right? right? Right. Sexually transmitted disease has been around for hundreds of years, and effectively that was a problem that also required use of appropriate use of condoms, mm -hmm. appropriate use of other kinds of vaginal creams, uh, and others in order to try and protect individuals. But also, in many of these sexually transmitted diseases, did, in serious illness, did consequence to death. And... Uh, some very serious types of uh, behavioral diseases as well as others. Um, HIV, like those, requires that there is appropriate use of condoms, appropriate use of other uh, mechanisms to ensure the fact that there is safety, especially around women who are pregnant or could become pregnant, right. um, and especially among others for whom they're not watching and they're not paying attention to appropriate preventive means. This is not a social statement. This is a statement about transmission of disease. And it would be true about anyone who washes their hands in order to prevent uh, much less severe infections. Right. It's true of anybody who is using needles and is concerned about uh, getting infections from needles. It's very mm -hmm. impressive about people who are getting blood transfusions. Uh, yeah. it, it, with with uh, uh, anal and vaginal sex and breastfeeding. So yeah. um, this it was is... A, it was important to bring that up because we always stress prevention. Yes. Prevention, prevention, prevention. Yeah. But um, let's say you do get contracted with HIV. There was um, what... The FDA made some breakthroughs. And yes. what was one of the first breakthroughs they had? Well, one of the first breakthroughs was that... Um, uh, over a significant amount of research, mm -hmm. there were certain medications that were found. They were new. They weren't being used for anything else in general. Um, and uh, it turned out that they attacked several different places where the virus was attacking the body in order to try and stop the infection. But because the virus gets worse over time, um, uh, what they had to do was to attack the virus from different directions. So this is a rather complicated issue. We're not going to get into it because it would be, <laughs> it would make this conversation way too complex. But bottom line is, is that there's one type of drug that attacks the virus infection from one location, another that attacks it from another vector location, a third, etc. And what happened was, is that with a combination, a cocktail, if you will, of these medications, mm -hmm. what happened was that they were able to stop the progression of, of the disease, decrease what's known as the viral load or the total number of viruses that were in the blood so that ineffectively the goal was to decrease it to undetectable levels, which, by the way, was also a deterrent for prevention in order to ensure that people didn't get infected. The, the confusion about this is, is that uh, many of these drugs are, they have complicated names, they have complicated <laughs> types of pharmacology. Yeah. They have complicated pharmacology, 
and because you're using multiple ones, it became confusing because people were taking multiple drugs a day. They could be taking drugs six times a day. And when we were treating it years ago, uh, this was complicated because people had to remember to take their drugs. And in countries uh, that where people didn't have watches or they couldn't do that, you couldn't time the therapy to make sure that they were getting it four times a day, six times a day, or otherwise. So the move in the pharmaceutical industry was to try and group these drugs. So instead of taking them six times a day, you were taking them two or three times a day and then down to, to, uh, to one or two times a day. The ultimate goal being you still get the drugs and all these different ways of attacking how the virus is getting into uh, the, um, the uh, uh, organism, into the person, but you didn't have to take so many Right. And you didn't have to time it. And that was a huge issue in turning this into a more manageable disease. So that was a compounding. It was. It's a fancy way of saying compounding. It was. It was done yeah. by the manufacturers, not by pharmacies or others, because it is a complicated uh, type of uh, process. Mm -hmm. But it's terribly important, and it led to huge savings of lives and, and huge impact on the disease itself. So you mentioned the drug, and... You also mentioned prevention. Yes. So we know they they know how to label patients as high risk for HIV. Mm -hmm. So how are they doing that? Well, I mean, we know the kind of profile of people that are getting HIV. I've already said it a few times. Mm -hmm. The real issue uh, that came up, which is the second huge issue that's come it's, up, uh, it's not found in the blood. It's more behavioral. It well, no, no, no. The, it is in the blood, but the uh, issue was it was also in the tissue. And um, okay. the behavioral impact was consequences of the disease itself and mm. uh, frequently how people thought about it, which was uh, frequently um, not germane to the disease. They, were ju they just didn't like the people who were getting it. It was which, discriminatory. Yeah. It was totally discriminatory. Yeah. And it's, it, we're healthcare professionals, so it <laughs> means that it doesn't matter who you are, what you are. We treat you yeah. and have to deal with the treatment. We don't get to choose, nor do we want to choose, as to how it's done based on the individual. It's science. We don't care what you look like. <laughs> <laughs> but the other part yeah. of it that was a big move is uh, called pre-exposure prophylaxis. Okay. It's called PrEP. P-R-E-P. PrEP. And the idea was that not only could you treat the people who had active disease, mm -hmm. but if they had been exposed, how do you try and prevent them going from just the infective process of the HIV to the much more serious AIDS infection? How do you stop that? And suppose that they're a high-risk individual, but you want to try and prevent them from getting the infection. So uh, there are now a couple of different uh, um, medications that are called PrEP, and those PrEP drugs are given to individuals who don't have all of the symptoms okay. or, who, or who are at high risk of getting the infection. As we've talked about, people that are having anal and vaginal sex, people who are uh, breastfeeding, uh, who have HIV, people who uh, uh, are uh, dealing with dirty needles uh, based on, on uh, illicit drug use, issues with regard to blood transfusions, which are now much more safe than what they were because there were better tests of identifying that the blood contained 
HIV, so right. it could be addressed. And the PrEP now is given literally to all of the people in order to try and prevent what goes on. The fundamental issue is if you can prevent it, you don't have to treat it. If you don't have to treat it, then you're not using up healthcare resources. You're not doing major cost. But most importantly, the person has a significant um, uh, ability to lead a normal life, to have a normal lifespan, and uh, to be able to enjoy the the comforts of, of life and, and have uh, things that they can enjoy in their life and right. carry on what goes on. And um, what, what we, we've known about HIV for a while now. It's been decades. Yes. Have, have scientists found a way to get rid of the of the HIV epidemic or this epidemic that we're in with HIV? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, th- uh, there, has, there has been for a very long time the issue of can't we just produce a vaccine mm-hmm. because HIV is a virus like we have for measles and mumps and rubella and chicken pie, all that stuff, right? And um, can we get people to take the vaccine? And can we get That's people a big to different take. issue. We've, difference. we've already talked about that. <laughs> the, the, the issue here has historically, the issue, issue has been that there's more than one form of HIV and that when you try and attack it with a given vaccine, that you have multiple different forms and they don't all respond to the vaccine. Right. Recently, and so that's been one of the reasons why we don't have a vaccine. It's a complicated virus to try and attack. There's multiple forms of it. People used to say, well, it keeps changing every time I attack it. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how to get a vaccine that will control it. Um, uh, Fundamentally, though, what has recently been found is, is that there may actually be a way to deal with this. And the way that they're talking about is that they are looking at those where the HIV virus is inactive, it's at a low level, in some cases undetectable, in other cases at, at not a huge uh, level that is going to impact uh, the person to get uh, AIDS. Right. But uh, at that level, and what they're doing is they're effectively kind of nudging it out of being dormant. It's kind of like hiding in a cave, and now you're kind of nudging it out to get it out of the cave. And if you can do that, then you can take the vaccine and you can attack it and effectively stop it. But uh, just to be very simple about it, there's HIV-1 and HIV-2. Those are two forms of the virus. HIV-1 is much more serious. It's much more deadly than HIV-2. And what you have is HIV-1 in one period, you can kill off half the virus in, um, in seven or eight weeks. But HIV-2... Uh, uh, it takes 15 weeks or so. So it doesn't go away. You don't uh, effectively say, okay, I killed this. I don't have to worry about that. But rather, one is very virulent. A second one is not quite as virulent, although still a problem. And that's the problem with trying to deal with this from a vaccine. The hope is, of course, over the next five years or so, that they can develop the vaccine by doing this nudging of the HIV out of the uh, out of the individual, and in so doing, attack it with the vaccine and effectively wipe it out. What are some symptoms that someone can have 
and um, not knowing that they have HIV, but some symptoms that come up where they're like, well, something's not right. Yeah. The, the, the interesting thing about HIV is, is that mm-hmm. um, there are tests for it. Um, there's particular kind of cells, T cells, that are immune type cells in the body mm-hmm. that naturally would be used to attack and to, to stop an infection. Um, those tests can find uh, the HIV infection quickly within, within a couple of weeks. Uh, and then, um, in the case of the first uh, time when someone has uh, uh, contracted the HIV virus, within a, a short time, within um, you know two to four weeks, they start to get an infection, um, usually like a cold. Right. Some people might even think it's pneumonia. In fact, one of the most serious infections of HIV was the pneumocystis carinii pneumonia that we, that we saw years ago, and we were treating in order to try and, and deal with this. But bottom line is, they get an infection like a cold. Uh, as a result of that, they have to jump on it. They have to deal with it. Some of it led to some GI problems where people were vomiting or had diarrhea or things like that. But bottom line was, is the, um, is the, uh, is the cold or pneumonia-type uh, uh, stuff, and as a result of that, those had to be tested right away and addressed. And clearly, as is true of, with everything else, the earlier you can get it, before HIV becomes bigger and bigger in the in the body, and there's a greater viral load, and then you move to the really serious problem of AIDS mm-hmm. to try and get it early and try and treat it as early as possible. That's where PrEP comes in. That's where issues with regard to safe sex, safe issues with regard to needle use, safe issues with regard to how women do breastfeeding and things like that. That's where all of this occurs. What was the name of that pneumonia again? Oh, pneumocystis carinii pneumonia. Hmm. How many times did you have to say it before you actually got it right? Well, after you see it, you don't have to say it a second time. It's, <laughs> it's serious. It's very serious. It is very serious, and I, I don't mean to make fun. It's just the it's names the word. science world <laughs> comes up with is, is insane to me. So is, is there anything else you, you would like the people to know? Um, yeah. Um, not everybody that gets HIV gets AIDS. Uh, some people have gotten it. They maintain a very low level of HIV. They never get it where it expands. And they, what I mean is year after year after year, the viral load gets worse. Within five years, it's a very serious if you haven't treated it, haven't dealt with it. So not everyone gets it. But now the major indications are whether we think you're going to get it or not get it, um, everybody now is getting PrEP. You're getting this treatment in order to try and prevent it. Prevention, prevention, prevention. Getting it early, making sure that there is a treatment right away, especially for at-risk individuals uh, and, and dealing with it. This is terribly, terribly important. Um, and it's also important that um, the natural fluids of the body can carry the HIV. So whether it's the mother's breast milk, whether it's rectal fluid, whether it's semen or otherwise, all of those are very normal. There's nothing uh, different about it. Everybody has these fluids, and so you have to be able to address it. 
Um, and finally, and it's terribly important, um, whatever uh, safe sex and methods are being used in order to protect the individuals, the men, the women, etc. Mm. It's terribly important that they use it and they use it appropriately. That means appropriate condom use, appropriate uh, other barrier um, uh, kind of uses, etc. in order to try and ensure that the transmission doesn't harm another individual when the first person has HIV. Right. So a as we do in, in most of our episodes, we always talk about prevention. We, we, we've talked at lengths about diabetes, how easy it is to, pre to prevent diabetes. We've talked at length to how to prevent other diseases or sicknesses or illnesses, whatever the case is, right? Yeah. Prevention yeah. is the key here. I mean, and it's, it's, it seems so simple to say, but It's really hard to is, do. Yes, yes. It's really hard. And the, 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 the future issue, which I haven't said anything about, mm -hmm. <coughs> is that we're now at a time where people who at one period had to be in the hospital and effectively passed away, now we have people who are leading normal life periods. What we haven't seen, is those people, as they age, what happens? What happens to them? Do they begin to get more um, uh, drug-induced disease? Do they get more problems with regard to the disease itself? Mm -hmm. um, the drugs that are taken for HIV have a significant number of side effects. They have significant problems, drug, adverse drug effects, and otherwise. This is not simple therapy, but it's terribly terribly important for people to be able to lead normal lives, etc. Right. Similar to, I mean, it's not the same, but similar to what we have to do with certain sexually transmitted diseases, things like that. And finally is that um, all of this treatment, while complicated, is heavily, it, it, it requires people to comply. So even if they were taking it six times a day or once a day, if people don't comply with the therapy, resistance comes up very quickly. So you either start the therapy and stay on the therapy the way you're supposed to. If you don't, then the current therapy that you're on, you become resistant to, and then you have to use some other therapy. There are only a few lines of therapy that can be used here before we begin to get into really serious um, treatment problems in how you deal with it, because this is a is a drug treatment issue. Mm -hmm. And so as a result of that, people must comply, comply, comply. If you don't, then the current treatment will become ineffective. You'll have to try something else. If you don't comply with that, it becomes ineffective. And we're quickly running out of options then of how to treat this. Right. So compliance, prevention. Have you seen any trends lately? I mean, I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but... Have you seen any trends as far as how many people are being contracted with HIV? Well, um, the the national, the um, international uh, stuff from the World Health Organization is that about 14% of women have um, uh, the HIV virus. About mm -hmm. half of that, a little bit less, about 5-6% uh, of men do. Now, it is very geographically specific, meaning right. there are huge populations that are in Africa uh, because there's difficulty in getting 
appropriate kind of, of sexual prevention, uh, issues with regard socially to what's going on, of a HIV positive individual having sex with a HIV negative individual and, and uh, causing problems, as well as women who don't have a lot of opportunities and so they're passing it along through um, breastfeeding, et cetera, to their children. But it's also true of major families. Clearly, uh, uh, San Francisco was a big uh, network area as well as a host of other uh, cities. And then countries that didn't have it um, all of a sudden began to see it. So China began to see it. Uh, Russia began to see it, et cetera. So no one in, in general is immune uh, from what goes on. Uh, mm -hmm. Bottom line in this regard is, is that it's not trivial. You can't associate and say, well, it's just um, transgender people or gay people or lesbian people. I mean, that's too simplistic. It is highly, highly um, unfair, uh, right. and it is highly, highly inappropriate to assign this to any one group of individuals. Too many people have been infected with it um, that are not gay or, or lesbian or transgender or anything else. They're, right. they're people, they're patients, they need treatment. Um, and so it's not ineffective. I mean, where you're talking about 14% uh, of women, maybe 6% of men, that's, that's not bad. The good news is when we were treating this years ago, you were treating people that you had to do multiple gloving because if you got a finger stick, I used to have to glove multiple times, as did everybody else, um, because you were concerned that if you got a finger stick from a needle, mm. then you could be infecting yourself with it. There were issues with regard to, um, to um, how you dealt with it. But at bottom line, you could shake hands with an individual, yeah. you could hug an individual, you could tell them that you cared about them. Um, you didn't have to because it was a passing of body fluid and you didn't have to do it. And several very uh, high-profile individuals, Princess Diana and others, went to where uh, AIDS individuals were and they hugged them and they shook hands with them to show that um, you cannot be inappropriate, you can't um, deal with social negation uh, of these people. They're right. sick, they have an infection, uh, they need to be treated with kindness and compassion in order to deal with it. That's the bottom line. And now, from a medical standpoint, we have to be watching because we've had decades of individuals and now the studies will have to take a look and see what does this mean? Do people begin to get greater infections as they right. grow old? But this is just the natural progression as we have of people as they gain weight, what happens with diabetes and high blood pressure and cardiovascular disease, what happens when we have uh, any group of individuals that we've identified and what happens over time. It happened with sexually transmitted diseases mm -hmm. uh, when we were looking at syphilis and looking at people to see how they address syphilis over a period of time, uh, depending on, on what uh, stage of severity they were and here too. So bottom line is, um, it is uh, a, a World um, AIDS Day, uh, and at best, educate, 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 because we're not going to stop anybody from doing something, but we can certainly try and educate everyone. This is true fact. There's nothing phony about it. This is medicine. We don't treat 
fantasy. We're treating real people with real problems, with real drugs to treat real issues. And hopefully with all this awareness, it, it can lead to better prevention, a lot of people being safe out there, and hopefully one day the vaccine to get rid of it all, right? Yes, yes. That's the hope, to eradicate it. Thank you very much, Dr. Stern. And I'd like to remind everybody to be safe out there, please. Prevention, prevention, prevention. Can you say it again? Prevention, prevention. That's right. yes. Um, I'd like to remind all of you to go to ProPharmaConsultants.com. We have a free information page called RX InfoX. Um, there you can find various healthcare articles that are up to date, maybe even some on some HIV. I mean, maybe, perhaps. It is World uh, AIDS Day or AIDS Awareness Day. And I did, <laughs> uh, I did get World Health Organization and CDC things, and M will put them up with the, um, with the videos so that you mm -hmm. can have them review what's going on. Some of it is very uh, technical unless you are a, uh, in the medical field, but either way, um, it's there, it's freely available, and um, there's no secret about this. And Dr. Stern has written various articles by himself in Pharmacy Benefit News as well. I have. So um, we'd like to, you to check that out, and we will see you next week. Or the week after, actually. Thanksgiving, right? Yeah. So the week after. We'll see you then. Before we get back to our show, I'd like to take a moment to talk to you about ProPharma's Medical Specialty Rebate Program. It provides fully transparent identification, analysis, submission, and collection of medical specialty utilization for payers and manufacturers. ProPharma analyzes the contracts between plans, employers, coalitions, and manufacturers to ensure complete knowledge of submissions and payments. For more information, please call 888-701-5438 or email us at info at ProPharmaConsultants.com to schedule your live demo and a one-on-one -on -one free 15-minute consultation. Now, back to your show. <laughs> 